Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. I'm excited to bring you this week's brand new episode of Tuesdays with Tata. We sat by the river on Sunday afternoon and had an amazing conversation. If you're making 30 good decisions in September, one of them could be to look for places in your life where you're trusting something or someone more or as much as you trust God for your security, peace of mind, happiness, any of those things. In the Bible, there was something called high places, and Tata and I had a great conversation about that. It'll help you change your mind and change your life. Shout out to my grandson, Georgie. Yesterday was his birthday, seven years old. We love you, George. Great young man. And um, just friend, this episode, I think more than any of that we've done recently, I think has a potential to change your trajectory of thought that can really change your whole life. And Tata and I are going to get after it. But right now, Lisa is going to tell us how to start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. My goodness, what a beautiful day, huh, Tata? Oh, it is. It's been a beautiful weekend. Yeah, it is. It's Sunday afternoon, 25 September. We are sitting by the river in the living room. Harvey and Lewis asleep on the couch, and Lisa's in the next room, and we're getting ready to record Tuesdays with Tata. Yes. And, and you told me the number last time, and I'm still thinking about that. We're getting close to 60. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, we had a nice surprise. Uh, your brother, Uncle Will, and his wife, Aunt Pat, came to visit from Central Texas. That was a nice yes, birthday it was. surprise. It was. It was. It, it was good to see them. <clears throat> Thank you for um, all the birthday wishes that y'all sent Tata this week. A number of Listeners wrote in to say happy birthday to Tata. So you had a good one, didn't you, Dad? I did. And, and like I keep telling you, I, I gave birthdays up for Lent, but they keep coming back. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes, it is. We also uh, we found out this week that my book, I've Seen the End of You, is going to be published in Thailand. My goodness. <laughs> That's kind of interesting, and, 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 right? And what is that language? Thai? Thai, yeah. yeah. So... That makes German, Italian, and Thai, which is fascinating to me. I guess I, I just always assumed that the first foreign translation would be Spanish, but so far, Thai, German, and Italian. Interesting. Yes, it is. You would, even you would think uh, as many listeners as we have in South America, it would be Portuguese, maybe. Yeah, we had a lot of people in Brazil. So anybody out there clamoring for a Spanish or Portuguese translation, <laughs> reach out to Penguin Random House and... Make it happen. Hey, Tata, we were going to talk today about high places. What in the world is that all about? Well, you, you couldn't have given a, a harder one. And first of all, 
the question was why why did some of the kings not take tear down the high places um, and from what I can tell um, and I, I, I can't even answer the question because some of them destroyed some of the idol worships, but they did not destroy the high places. In fact, is you'll find, uh, and as we'll note, uh, some of the kings even worshipped in the high places. Yeah. But one of the things that, that I want to, I just want to, I want to start at the beginning and maybe try to unravel this thing. And this is not a, uh, not going to give you a total outline of this, but give you the high points that maybe, and maybe the, re, maybe the reason will end, the, the question will answer itself as we look through this. But looking back at uh, 1 Samuel uh, chapter 8, and I'm, bear in mind I'm using the New King James Version, but uh, in chapter 8, it starts out by telling us that uh, Samuel had become an old man and that his two sons were doing the work that he was doing. And, be, and before that, he was the judge over Israel. Uh, he, he judged, I, I can't even imagine how he did that by himself, but it was a, it was, it was a daunting task, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his two sons did not follow him. They turned aside after dishonest gain, took bribes, and perverted justice. Mm. His two sons did not learn from him. Wow. But and picking up the story in in verse four, then the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, look, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like the nations. But the, the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, heed the voice of the people. Heed the voice of the people. God talking. Mm. Um, And all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me. Mm. And continuing... uh, made that I should not reign over them according to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day. With what they have forsaken, they have forsaken me and served other gods as they as they're doing to you also. Now therefore heed their voice. However, this is God still talking. However, you should solemnly forewarn them What's going to happen to them? And show them the behavior of the king who will reign over them. Ooh. And so Solomon goes through this, and he, tell, he gives the people the, the Sam. warning. Yeah, Sam. He, he, he tells them what the king is going to be like. Right. And in verse 10, so Samuel took the words of the Lord to the people who asked him for a king, and he said, this will be the behavior of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and your daughter and appoint them to his own chariots and to be his horsemen, and some will run before his chariots. He will appoint captains over thousands and captains over fifties and will set them to plow his ground and reap his harvest, hmm. and some to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumer, perfumers, cooks, and bakers, and he will take the best of your fields, your vineyards, your, your olive groves, 
and give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of your grain and your vintage and give it to his officers and servants. And he will take your male servants, your female servants, your finest young men, and your donkeys and put them to his work. He will take a tenth of your sheep and he will be your, they, and you will be his servants. And you will cry out to that. Now this is the part that is really stunning. In verse, in verse 18, and you will cry out to, in that day because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves and the Lord will not hear you. Because hmm. you asked for it. That's right. So you want, God said, basically said, you want a king? Mm-hmm. Here you go. That's this right. Is, this is what's going to happen to you. That's right. And so that's what they did because they rejected God. And, and even before this time, they had rejected him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they rejected him early on. They rejected him when, when God led them out of Egypt and led them in, in, through the desert. Mm. <clears throat> so Saul was chosen to be king, the first king, and he was picked. And, and, and the only thing that I can find out, uh, I see about him that, that he was so prominent because he was handsome. He was taller than most people. Yes. But he also <clears throat> had, was given a gift. God blessed him with a good, a good heart and a good spirit. Yeah. Which later changed to be an evil spirit when he tried to kill David. That's right. When he was jealous. Yeah, he was. That's right. And no doubt he was jealous because David had been anointed to be the future king. Mm. But, and so that, that, the only thing that I can say about Saul at that time was that he was, in the beginning, he was a good king. Now, how, how, did, that, how did that line up with what he did to the people? I can't answer that. But God changed him twice. That's right. He had a good heart. And then he had an evil spirit and he, when he tried to kill David. Then David became king of Judah. The kingdom was divided. And Saul's son was made king of Israel. That's right. So the kingdom was divided at that time. But they were still hanging on to their old, the old ways. And then Solomon became king. And please bear in mind, I'm just giving you a, a sketch to arrive at a point. That, and, and basically the, the point would be, Several questions, but he and Solomon, he prayed for. He was a young man, but he prayed for wisdom, and he, because he said that he was not qualified to be to judge those people, he didn't mm-hmm. have the knowledge. And God made him wise, but then gave him the gift. So he became the, one of the wisest and richest men in the world. Yeah, at that time. But then, and and, have, and there's no. No explanation for it in my mind. Uh, I, I can't understand why he made a treaty with the uh, king of uh, uh, with Pharaoh, and to seal that treaty, he married Pharaoh's daughter. Right. So something must have been going on at that time that caused him to do that. But that the people, the people were they were they were they were they sacrificed. They worshipped God in the high places. And the reason, the only reason that I could, the reason that was given in Scripture was that there was no house for God. No temple yet, that's right. But you have to stop right there and ask yourself the question, was that the reason or was that the excuse? Yeah. They were still holding on to the old ways. But they had asked for the king 
to lead them. Yeah. They wanted to be like the nations around them. Right. They wanted a king to lead them into battle. They wanted a king to judge them. He wanted a king to lead them. That's right. And so that's what they got. That's right. Over and over through the Old Testament, and just to back up a step, high places are seen all throughout the Old Testament, kings and Deuteronomy and Samuel. And these were places that the pagan cultures around Israel worshipped. They, for yes. some reason, idol worship and pagan worship was often held on a mountainside or in some place that was elevated above yeah, the and, earth. And under way. green trees. Yeah, in some way that, that represented a, a god above. And, and so the people, before they had a temple, often made sacrifices. Even Samuel, even Solomon and Samuel blessed sacrifices that were given at high places. But once there was a temple... God commanded the people that all of his yeah, worship had right. to be there. And so I think you, you're getting to the nut of it here, which is the idea that people always wanted to assimilate and be like the cultures around them. That's right. All the, everybody else had a king. Why can't we have a king? Everybody right. else worships in these temples. Why do we have to go to Jerusalem? Yeah. But everybody wanted to, to have God and culture. That's right. That's right. They weren't satisfied with just having God as their ruler. And having him being sovereign over them. That's right. But even, and, and still t- and talking about Solomon, he, he, he followed David's example, his father. He was a good king, but he also made sacrifices and burned incenses, incense in the high place. And he married these women from other cultures and built high place, even built yes. altars to yeah. their gods yeah. against Yahweh. Yeah. He, uh, he loved one 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 scripture that, that one note that I found in scripture was that he loved many foreign women. Mm-hmm. He had seven hundred wives. First Kings eleven one. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women, and he made compromises with them to build them temples and high places right. to worship their gods. And he said uh, the scripture in First Kings eleven says his wives turned away his heart after other gods. That's right. So the wisest man in all the world, lost his first love of the real God who had given him incredible wealth and power and wisdom because he assimilated to culture That's right. and the influence of culture. And that ought to be a pretty good lesson for us today, shouldn't oh, it? Oh, absolutely, because that's what we do. We, 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 don't, we, we want something, apparently, that we can see, touch, taste, and feel. Yeah. That we have, that those, those, our senses have to be satisfied. And apparently that was what's happening to them. Because, and as you said, that's one of the things that, that, that Solomon did. He, he, idols were prevalent, high places were prevalent, other gods were worshipped. And then, and, and here again, as I told you, before, this would be a brief description of what happened. Uh, but, and Rehoboam became the king, and the people revolted. Mm-hmm. They got mad, they didn't like him. Jeroboam became the king of Israel. Again, remember the kingdom was divided. He treated the people badly. And they continued in idol worship. They continued in worship in high places. And one of the things that, 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 that the scripture says is that Judah, or the, 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 the divided kingdom, would, had did evil in God's sight. Hmm. <clears throat> they worshiped in high places, they had idols, they committed all kinds of sins, even more than the nations surrounding them. Wow. They were more evil. 
Wow. They forsook God altogether. They worshiped Baal. They, worshiped, they had Asherah poles. And, and they sacrificed their children. And so through, through several kings and their reign, they did not destroy the high places. That's right. And several kings had the same comment about them. They did evil in the sight of the Lord. Yep. Now think about this. This gives us several things, of course, but the insight here is you get a picture of God. They were, the people, his, God's people, his chosen people that he had made a covenant with rejected him mm-hmm. and worshiped other gods right. and they worshiped idols and they committed sins, but he gave them what they asked for. Yeah. They wanted a king. And that's what he did. And that's what happened. Every time they tried to have God plus, we want God and culture. We want to look like the culture around us. We want a king like they have. We want these temples up on the mountains like they have. We want God and these other gods. And it always ended in misery and heartache for them. And the reason is, God's way is really the only way. When, when, we're, when we try to satisfy ourselves with things other than God, we've talked about it several times lately, we just get hungrier and thirstier. That's because right. only God can really satisfy. And he, in fact, he says in Isaiah 42, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. That's not because he's arrogant. It's because no. he's the only thing we can worship and seek after that will actually help us. Well, think about it. <clears throat> he created us. That's right. He created everything that we see, everything right. that we have, everything that we, we think we are. Yep. He made us in his image. That's right. And he made us for one purpose, to worship him. That's right. To hold on to him. And then looking, looking <clears throat> forward, Jehoshaphat was... He may have been a good king. He did right in the sight of the Lord. But the high places were not taken away. The people had no, they had not turned their hearts to God. Hmm. They were still, they still wanted to worship idols. Hezekiah did what was right and good before God. He sought God with all of his heart and he prospered because of it. But he did not change anything. The high places were still there. Idol worship was still there. So what's the point of this? As we, as we look at, the, as we look at how, they, how all of this progressed, uh, the people turned away from God. Simply stated, they just turned away from God. They didn't want, they didn't want to follow him. They didn't want him to be their ruler. They wanted a king who would be just like everybody so they could be like everybody else. Easy. It wasn't easy for the Israelites. They paid a heavy price for turning away from God. They lost, a, they lost sight of who God was and what he had done for them. Was it new to God? Was all of this new to God? No. Because in Deuteronomy 31, 16, God knew because he told Moses then, before Moses passed or died, that, he, that these people were going to rebel against him. Mm. And they did. He knew that. So he knew that. And so and is this one of the mysteries that, that sometimes the Apostle Paul spoke to? One of the mysteries, how God can be God, love us, but yet let us do what we want to do. Mm. Think about that. You've talked about 
quantum physics before. Mm-hmm. How can something be true and how can, how can two things happen at the same time? That to me is profound. Think, think where, they, where they had been. They had been in slavery for 400 years and originally um, we think that about 75 people originally went to Egypt during the famine from yeah. Canaan. Yeah. And, and when Moses led them out, it's estimated that, that the, the, the number of people may have been two million. Yeah. And he led them out of, a, a, and to me, little things should have really gotten their attention. Their neighbors in Egypt gave them gold and silver. That's right. They didn't have to, they didn't have to threaten them. They just gave it to them mm. and, and prepared them for the way. And so then they came to the Red Sea and God parted the Red Sea and led them out. And then we've talked about the rest of the story because they were led, they were led, led the land had been promised to Abraham hmm. in terms of a nation, in terms of land. But all of this is still, all of it is still doing one thing in my mind. It is according to God's plan to lead us through David to Jesus Christ. That's right. Through all of that. So all we have to do, sometimes when we get bogged down, I know I, when you, you read starting out in Numbers and Leviticus and mm-hmm. Judges and all of those events that took place, you have a, we have a tendency to get bogged down. I know I do. That's right. And so one of the things that I've learned to do is ask, to ask God to help me before I even open the book. Show me what he wants me to know. Mm. Help me discern it, but I still don't understand it. I cannot. I cannot get my mind. It, it's elusive sometimes. Sometimes I understand totally in my mind. Totally, I have an inkling into what what is really happening here. But then again, it goes away. So, but God Himself said, "You can't know me. Nobody can see my face and live." He wouldn't That's even right. let Moses see his face. He, Moses just the said, back of him. Yeah, yeah, he only saw his backside. That's right. So here we go through all this, through all of this, the people finally, in, in their wandering around, well, we saw evidence of it in, when they were in the, in the desert and waiting on Moses to come back with the, with the with yeah. Ten Commandments. They make a, an idol. They made an idol. Yeah. And they worshiped. And it was so, 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 I say funny, not, not funny, haha, but funny, peculiar, that Aaron would say to Moses, the people made me do it. Yeah. Make a golden calf. How did he even know how to do that? Yeah. It just came out of the fire like that, he said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just appeared. It just happened. Yeah, that's Crazy. right. That's what he told Moses. So out of, out of his fear and maybe. And so you, when, you, when you try to understand, well, where did it start? When did the people that God had chosen reject him? When did they do that? When do we do it? Make it personal. Well, it goes back to when they started wanting to be like other people more than they wanted to be like God. That's, that's it. It's, the, it's the, the incredible power of culture. And before we're too hard on the Israelites, I mean, think about us. We, do we put our trust in God to rescue us, or do we put our trust in politicians? Did you get more upset about the result of the last presidential election or the one before that, depending on which way you vote? 
than you do when you hear about Christians being persecuted around the world? I mean, do you, does your Instagram feed and the people you follow um, look more like the culture around you or more like God's kingdom? Like the things that you like and share, do they tend to revolve around culture or do they tend to revolve around Christ? These are good questions. Yes. Well, and, and for, for me, the question it really boils down to this. What do we want to be? Where do we want to go? Yeah. Do we even believe that there were, there's something else? <clears throat> but apparently, uh, these people, and, and here again, I, I think that the, the, this is a snapshot for us of how, how it looks to God. These people have not, God told Solomon, these people have not, Samuel, that these people have not rejected you, they have rejected me. That's right. And they so, rejected me. And so we're all, we're all these people. Yep, that's right. And it just goes to show you, and we talked before about how, if you look at the timeline of when Genesis and Jeremiah and and Isaiah and all those books were written, there's like 1,200 years that pass and people are still being tempted to go back to Egypt for help. That's right. Like, like, yeah, like we, that's right. we don't really ever change. I mean, we try to find our help in politicians or in culture or in money or in beauty or in passions of different sorts or in, in a bottle or in some kind of a prescription, but our help really comes from the Lord. That's right, because when, it, when you get down to the nitty-gritty of it, what we all are seeking is approval. That's right. We want to be accepted. Yeah. And somebody's already said, I gave all for you. That's I gave right. everything for <laughs> that's you. That's right. You're enough for me. That's right. You were. That's right. Yeah, so Psalm 121.1, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He's looking past the mountains. That's right. And past all those man-made idols and, and high places that's and all right. that, and he's looking up to the one that's who right. comes down from the... Yeah. The holy mountain. That's and, right. And, and God, and God said so many times, well, go ahead and talk to your idols. Yeah. See what they've got to say. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to your graven images and see yeah. what they tell you. That's right. They have no voice. Yeah, I love they that. Isaiah see. 42, he says that. He said, I'm going to tell you something. Isaiah 42, 8, I'm the Lord. That is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. In verse 9, see, the former things have taken place and new things I declare before they spring into being. That's right. I announce them to you. He's basically telling these people, you guys are such knuckleheads. Every time I do something for you, you go get a a tree and chop it down and carve a God out of it and thank that God for doing the thing I just did. That's right. And And we still do it. And one one passage, it talks about uh, the, the woodworker who carves an image out of a tree it makes an idol, then he uses the, the rest of the wood to make his bread. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's crazy, and we keep doing it. I mean, we just keep doing it over and over. And I, I wanted to have this conversation about the high places just to point that out. Like, and I love that you brought the kings into it, because that's exactly right. It's anytime we're tempted to mix culture with what God wants our lives to be about, we find ourselves hungrier and thirstier. That's right. Culture can't satisfy. No, a king cannot. can't satisfy. A president no. can't take care of you. You know, the only hope we have that's is right. in Jesus. That's right. And that's why, and the, the, the one thing else I want to just point out, that why, that's why we should not forsake the, or forget about the Old Testament. Because we can learn from that. 
That's right. Because it was a foreshadow of things to come. That's right. It told us what was going to come. Second Peter 1.3, if you still feel like after, after this whole conversation about high places and how culture is, is such a temptress, Second Peter 1.3 ought to tell us, what has God not given you that you need? Peter says this, His divine power has given us everything right. we need for right. a godly life through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and purpose and goodness. His divine power has given us everything we need. That's you right. don't need culture and Him. You just need Him. That's right. Well, and, and also First Peter 5, 7, cast all of your anxieties cast your cares on Him, on him right. because He cares for you. That's right. So we, we, we're taught to give, give Him our concerns and our worries. And, and, and I don't know, I don't know how, how, how you may think about this, but one of the things that, that happens when you do feel anxious and you feel concerned and you feel overwhelmed and you feel tempted, just ask God mm-hmm. to take it from you. Cast your care on it. That's right. Cast your anxieties on. Be anxious for nothing. Wow. That's a good talk, Tata. Thank you. And you know, there's, there's a lot on the prayer wall, as there always is. Um, but one family in particular that I just would like for you to pray for, we, we received an email this week of a, a family who had a child that was lost to suicide and mm. it, it struggled with some mental health issues. And, and, and friend, if you're struggling, I mean, don't, don't forget that there's help. Your family, there's people around you who love you and want to help. But if you're really struggling with depression and anxiety, get some medical help. Get some mental professional therapy and some help because people do love you and there is hope and, and you don't need to feel isolated and alone and don't don't feel like you're by yourself in it. Because that's the, the big lie of the enemy is that nobody cares. That right. there are people that care. And, that's right. and God cares for you. And, and But this family is, is just struggling in the devastating loss of their child and and uh, you've lost two children, Tata, and I've won- I've lost one. And we we make no secret about the fact that we um, we live in a in a world where we we carry that burden of of loss and grief. And and uh, that's really the reason we do this every week is to try to bring hope to other people who who have been through hard things. And that family's in the midst of it now, in the fresh wound of of a recent loss. And let's just pray for them. Mm. Yeah. Tata, please, thank you. Oh, Father, we, we give you thanks for this day that you've made, and we rejoice in it. And we thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring about us. And we thank you for your protection and your bless, all the blessings that we have received. We thank you for our food, clothing, and shelter. We're blessed in abundance. We have more than we need. We're blessed and highly favored. And all of this, we also have Jesus. And we thank you. And so, Father, we, we just want you to know that we love you. We, And our our desire is that we are pleasing to you. And Jesus, we love you. And Holy Spirit, we love you. Help us. We can't do, God, you you yourself said that apart from me, we we can do nothing. And and Jesus, you said apart from you, we could do nothing. And so we rely on you. We trust you. We have confidence in you. And so we lean on you. And we come to you and we ask. And so, Father, we ask that you would please be mindful of this family who have lost a son or lost a child that has taken, that has made that decision that they will not live in this 
and, and, and whatever they're living in today. And so, Father, I would, I, I would just pray that you would bless that child. That you would, and and our, my prayer is, Father, that when he appeared at your door, you said, Welcome home, child. Words we all want to hear someday. Maybe, perhaps today. We do not know. Perhaps today. And I would say, I would say to the family that you, we, we can't know what happened in those moments and those seconds before that took place. Amen. We, we don't know. We don't know what happened. We know that God is aware. We know that God is, is faithful, that he, he will be with us. We know that he is with people that are in anguish and people that are, have, have concerns that we can't even fathom. But when, when the person makes that decision that they're not going to be here anymore, maybe they have consulted you. Hopefully they have chosen you. And they've, they've declared that Jesus Christ is your son. That's right. And so, and I accepted him. And so, Father, we pray that you would bless that family with peace and that you would bless that family with comfort as only you can. And they are so, there, there's, there's so many questions and there's so few answers. There's all kinds of stock answers to why those, those events take place. But, but we're not satisfied with that. Mm-hmm. But we're satisfied with being mindful of you. And we're, we have peace with being mindful of you. And so we ask you to bless them. And Father, be mindful of all of the others that have declared that, that, they are, they're, in, that they're depending on you and that they're in, they have all kinds of concerns and health issues and all kinds of other issues that, Father, that only you are aware of and only you can solve. So, Father, we pray that you would bless them as well. And Father, we pray that you would help us uh, that we might be able to think through this process with, with our friends and our listeners. And, Father, we pray that, that, the, that you would put your words on our heart and that you would put your words on our lips for your glory, not ours. Amen. Father, we are your servants. And so we ask you to bless us and lead us. And, Father, we depend on you and we trust you. We have confidence in you. And, 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 and I always want to, and you know, Father, there's nothing new to you, but I also have clay feet. And I am, I am and Father, I am a sinner, and albeit I'm, I'm forgiven, I'm not a thank you daily for rescuing me from Satan. Thank you for rescuing me from myself. And I thank you for saving my soul. Amen. Thank you for your grace that saves us in the blood of Jesus that cleanses us of our sins. And, and it's in his precious name that we pray. Your son and our redeemer. Amen. Thank you, Tata. Well, you remember in church when we were growing up, there was always a sermon, and at the end of the sermon, there was an invitation. Every time, invitation. And it was basically a a short moment where the preacher would present the gospel and ask if you needed prayer or if you needed to give your life to Jesus or you needed to be baptized, if you need to make some big change or, or repent from something in your life. And, and a song would be sung that was always something like Almost Persuaded or Just yeah, As I Am, yeah. one of those songs that, that were designed to get you thinking and, and moving and a call to action basically at the end of the sermon. So I'm going I'm to wrap this up with an invitation today, Tata. And here it is. Friend, if you, if, if you don't relate to this concept of high places, if you don't think about crawling up a hill and building an idol to a pagan god, building a temple to a pagan god and sacrificing your child on it. That doesn't happen, hopefully, today in this world. But I'll tell you what does happen. 
there are some of you listening, somebody's hearing my voice right now who thinks if you lose your physical strength that you won't be able to make it in this world anymore. Mm -hmm. that, it, that your physical beauty or your finances or the person you're married to or the job title that you have or the status of being a, an athlete, the thing that you have that sets you apart, if that, if you lost that tomorrow, if you don't in your heart of hearts know that you could survive and still thrive and find peace and happiness and and be okay in this world without that thing or that person or that title or yeah. that amount of money, that's a high place that's for right. you. That's, a, that's an idol for you, friend. And so the question for today is, like all those kings in the Old Testament, some of them came along and they ripped those places out and they dedicated the people back to God and they were called blessed for it and they were prospered and they, God blessed them and, and helped them. And others just refused to tear down the high places. And it always ended badly for them. Mm -hmm. God never, he says, I will not yield my glory to anybody else. Right. I will not because it's bad for you if I do. Like I'm the only thing that can really satisfy you. So friend, the message for this week on Tuesdays with Tata is find those high places in your life and get rid of them. That's right. And, and turn back to God. And he's the only one that can really help you. We can listen to all the podcasts in the world. And I can write all the letters and all the books and, and everybody can do everything we can to try to help you. But in the end of the day, the only person that can help you is Jesus Christ. Amen. And there's no, there's no high place that's better than him or that will help you as much as he can. So let's just get rid of him. And if we're going to do that, Tata, when should we start? Today. We start today. Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.